You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello to you, my fellow travel enthusiast. This is Travel Talk Weekly, episode number 67, the hottest vacation spot, part one, original air date, January 19th. 2021. And with all that is happening around the world right now, travel continues to change pretty much on a weekly basis. Because what you were able to do a month ago, or even a week ago, may no longer be possible. Or if it is, there may be some changes. I know, isn't it so fun? By the way, this really is Travel Tuesday, because we've been so busy working towards our travel agent event that's going on at Disney this week. We're actually recording this and airing it on the same day, which is Tuesday. It is our job to know what is going on in travel. And last week, they threw us yet another curveball. Starting on January 26th, if you are flying back to the U.S. from anywhere, you have to have a negative COVID test result before you can get on a plane to fly back here. Yeah, and that made last week very interesting because we have a lot of people, and we've even talked about this on previous shows, where it's been so fun to go to Mexico. We've been there twice since everything had gotten shut down, because you didn't have to do any kind of testing. And so right now, you can still fly into Mexico without doing any testing. But if you want to get back home, you want to make sure you are going to have a negative test. Otherwise, guess what happens? You get to extend your vacation. You have to stay another 10 to 14 days in quarantine. It is mandatory. Yeah. So what that means, though, is a lot of resorts are obviously scrambling because they want to make sure you can get your test and the right one that will be accepted. So a lot of the places are doing it on site. And I had an idea about this. Okay, let's hear it. Because we have had a lot of people decide to cancel their Mexico trips. They just don't want to risk it. And I understand. Right now, I don't know if I would go down to Mexico for fear of getting stuck down there because we do have things we have to get done back here. An idea is if you have received the vaccine and you're very confident that you are not going to be testing positive in any way, shape, or form because you have that vaccine, you may be the perfect person to go down to Mexico because you know that you'll be fine for that return. Same thing. So one of the criteria that they were talking about is if you have had COVID and you tested positive, so you would have had to have had the test, and that has happened within the last 30 days, and you have a doctor's note that says you have fully recovered, Well, they know that if you take some of the tests they accept, like the antigen test, that you may have still some positive results. But with that doctor's note and then the proof you had COVID, guess what? That's allowed to authorize you to get on the airplane. So if you've had COVID in the last 60 days and you can get those two things, you may now want to plan your vacation in the very near future. So Mexico could still be the perfect place, especially if you don't have a specific reason that you need to be back in the U.S. at a certain time. If you run a company that you can work remotely, if you're retired and have the unlimited time, if you do test positive, some of the resorts will give you different options. Again, we're not, we can't go into those options because it hasn't started yet. <laughs> and they're changing in their art date changing. requirements. <laughs> it's crazy. If you think you may have to turn a seven-day trip into a three-week trip, 
and you're okay with that, this is a great time to go to Mexico because the number of people that are going to be traveling to Mexico as of almost right now has dropped dramatically. Yeah. And we have seen that just with our own clients' bookings. But you know what? Mexico is still open and there are certain resorts that will take very good care of you if you have to end up being quarantined. So keep that in mind before you book, know those cancellation policies and really vet where you are staying. I think the more upscale the resort is, the more they're going to be accommodating and you'll have better options. Absolutely. If you're going to, you know, no offense, but a really, really cheap all-inclusive, yeah, you might have to pay for the test and maybe they'll give you a reduced rate. It's also a really good reason to have travel insurance in place. And keep in mind, travel insurance isn't necessarily going to cover if you have to get quarantined. Well, that's that's what I was talking to our, our, our friend about is that If you decide because of this, you're going to cancel your trip because they said the COVID test, travel insurance doesn't cover that. If you do get sick while you're down there, it does cover a lot of your expenses. So again, keep in mind, every situation is probably going to be different because we've never had to deal with this before, which is another reason to make sure you're working with a travel agent. They can help guide you through the different travel insurance options that may be the best for you. Yeah. So this definitely, though, has affected a lot of vacations. But guess what? People still want to go on vacation. And so what does all this mean? Well, in a normal year, and (laughs) who knows when we can even use that term again, Florida and California are both very popular places to vacation in the winter because of the sun and sand. It's also a very popular time to take a cruise for those spring break vacations or, you know, in February, again, to get out of the north and be relaxing in the Caribbean under the sun. And of course, we all know that that is not going to happen this year either because cruising is still completely shut down. And over in California, even Disneyland has no reopen date. And let's be realistic. Who would really want a vacation in California when most of the state is shut down? So, of course, that leaves beautiful, sunny Florida. And this week is part one of the best vacation destinations to go right now. And when it comes to Florida, before you book that trip, it's good to know about the variety of beach vacations because guess what? Florida is a really big state and the beaches in one area are completely different than the beaches in another area. And there is a lot to know before you book that trip. So you're in luck, though, because we're going to be breaking this show, as you mentioned, into two segments, part one and part two. And here's our motto when it comes to Florida. West is best, east is least. It's a pretty good motto. I think (laughs) I may have made it up. I may have saw it somewhere. Maybe it was ingrained in my brain. Who knows? But again, this week, we're talking about specifically the west coast of Florida, the Gulf Coast. And next week, we're going to dive into the east coast. And I think you may be surprised at some of the differences. I might even be surprised. Wait, did you mean them or me? Them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know this stuff. Growing up in St. Louis, if my family was coming to Florida, we would go to Tallahassee. We had relatives that lived there. And I know a ton of people from St. Louis that love going to Pensacola which is also in the panhandle, like Tallahassee, but it's on the Gulf of Mexico, the very northern part of it. Basically, the way I look at Pensacola, why it exists, it's it's like, okay, just drive south until you see a beach. And that's like the first place you're going to see a beach is in that panhandle. And if you're not familiar with Florida, most people are the shape. It's that far northwest part that looks like a little handle of, of a, a pan. pan. Of a pan? Yeah. Wow. Funny how that works. So that's how they came up with it. <laughs> Another reason that area is so popular for people, not just in St. Louis, but in the Midwest, that's the first place where you can drive to and actually hit the beach. And like you mentioned, I think it's because it the, the panhandle is such a drive market versus, you know, down here in South Florida is more of a fly-in market. 
If it was me and my friends coming to Florida, it was Daytona for spring break. Oh, yeah. Parking on the beach, putting the speakers on top of the car. I had like speakers with extended speaker wire so I could put it on the T-tops of my Mustang GT. Listening to 80s rock and drinking beer on the beach. And this was when MTV was live from Daytona Beach every year. And we'll talk about that destination next week. Yes, because that was on the other coast. (laughs) So what is the allure of the West Coast or the Gulf Coast and what makes it different? The first thing is that it is on the Gulf side, the Gulf of Mexico. And here's where you find those beautiful white sand beaches from north to south. Yeah, it really is all along. And we're lucky because we live in paradise here in St. Petersburg, Florida. And when you hear people say, oh, we're going to Tampa for spring break or vacation, They definitely mean St. Pete or Clearwater 99% of the time. It means that's where they're flying to. Yeah, they're just flying into Tampa. Tampa is on the water, but it's Tampa Bay, which includes St. Pete and Clearwater, and both are on the Gulf of Mexico. What we love is that the water is usually very calm. It's a little more shallow, so it can get a little bit warmer. And it's definitely just relaxing to sit on the beach and chill. The beaches are really big too in certain areas. And the Gulf Coast beaches routinely rank in the top or best of beaches in the world. This is primarily in the middle of the state, beaches like Clearwater and Sarasota. And then you have some more beaches further south like Siesta Key, Sarasota, Fort Myers, Naples, and Marco Island. So how do you know which one is going to be the best one for your Florida vacation if you're going to go to the West Coast? So we usually recommend when planning your beach trip to start with the weather because guess what? How warm do you really want it to be and do you plan to go into the water because there is a huge variation from the north to the south on the Gulf side. I don't care where you go right now. You do not want to get into the water because it is chilly. Oh, I know people that do, though. <laughs> if you're if you're the crazy northerners, yeah, yeah. yeah, we we can tell who they are. So when I was starting to write this, it, I was writing it in the morning. It was 42 degrees in Pensacola. It was 55 at our home here in St. Pete, and it was 62 degrees in Naples. That's a huge. That's a 20 degree swing from Pensacola to Naples. Yeah, and that's pretty traditional too because. Naples is further south, so it is going to be warmer. And these are the the temperatures. This was in the morning in a January. So you're not going to get it this cold in February and March, though. So don't worry. And Pensacola is definitely known for its crazy spring break festivities. Back in the day, it was Daytona, me and my college buddies. Anyway, so not as much spring break here and way less spring breakers down in Naples. Yeah, because it kind of goes down with... Think about people's budget. It's a lot cheaper for college kids that are like in Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, you know, up there, Georgia, Alabama, Alabama, they can all like start driving down because they are most likely going to drive. So they stop in Pensacola. And that's why it is a big spring break town. And it gets less and less the further south you go. The prices also go up the further south you go because it's better weather. (laughs) Smarter people than us have figured out the whole airfare pricing model. Yeah. So once you decide what you're good with in terms of weather, price, and, and crowds, next thing you want to look at is your flights. And what we find are some of the best prices, if you are going to fly in, tend to be flying into Tampa. I mean, of course, this depends on where you live. But again, the further south you go, there's fewer routes and it can get a little more expensive. Plus, Tampa is just an hour drive away from Sarasota, so you have lots of options here in the Central Florida area for beach vacations. I have a friend of mine that I was just talking to the other day. I literally have known him since first grade. You know, when our moms were alive, they were best friends. And he was, you know, he comes down to Sarasota every year, but he flies into Tampa. 
which we like because then we can get, we get to see him. But for the most part, we're going to be talking about what we know best, which is the Tampa Bay area. For starters, and we say this as professional travelers, we have the very best airport in the world, Tampa International. We can be off the plane with checked bags in hand in about 15 to 20 minutes. If we don't check bags, we can be off the plane and home in about 30 minutes. And that is from wheels down to parking our car at home. There are some airports we fly into where we're taxiing for 15 minutes. I know, right? (laughs) Now, Orlando is pretty much in the center of the state. And obviously, the most popular thing over there is Disney. Um, If you don't already listen to our other show and you're interested in that, you can check it out at Disney Travel Secrets. But if someone is flying into Orlando for vacation, it usually means, hey, we're going to stop at the parks or maybe we're going on a cruise out of Port Canaveral. However, a fun thing to do if you do want to get a little beach action in is to consider tacking on a West Coast beach vacation because Orlando over to Clearwater St. Pete, that's only a couple hours. I like how you just threw in beach action, action on the beach. I like that. (laughs) One thing we love about the Tampa Bay area is if you want to mix the beach with some other activities, there is a lot to do here. You will not find the diversity of activities when you go further south. Yeah, so true. And also further north as well. So we have the amusement park, Bush Gardens, Tampa Bay. Really, really fun. That could be a fun like little day trip from the beach. It feels a lot like Disney's Animal Kingdom because you do have rides and restaurants and shopping. Plus, the animals, and they have a they have a gondola, a, not a sky. <laughs> Disney has the Skyliner, but they have a gondola system that takes you directly over the animals, which Disney does not. Also, there is Zoo Tampa, formerly the Lowry Park Zoo, which I found out that they changed their name to Zoo Tampa by watching a TV show on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and then over in St. Pete, you have the very beautiful Dolly Museum. So if you like artwork, they have exhibits that are ongoing. And it is a really impressive display. They have a really good exhibit right now that you and I should go and see. Also, a little bit of trivia is that Salvador Dali was very good friends with Walt Disney. Oh, go figure. When it comes to sports, we have the Amelie Arena, where the reigning Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning play their home games. Raymond James Stadium, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play. And where Super Bowl is this year. I know, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) And in St. Pete, Tropicana Field, where, at least for now, The Tampa Bay Rays play. And I got to say, growing up in St. Louis, I'm not a fan of indoor baseball. But kudos to, you know, our town, our our city, our area. We have the Stanley Cup champions. We have the Tampa Bay Rays that went to the World Series. And we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady playing the Green Bay Packers later this week for the NFC Championship. So this is literally the best year. As crazy as 2020 has been, it has been the year of Tampa Bay sports. Lots of things to do outside of the beach. And it is nice because a lot of people, when they do their vacation, they'll take a full week. But if they want a a break from the beach, because, you know, after a while, there's only so much you can do at the beach. There are tons of activities. Now, aside from the amazing beaches, what many people think is that Clearwater Beach connects to St. Pete Beach. They just assume that it's all one big beach. But that is not the case. There is actually a difference between Clearwater and Clearwater Beach. The same with St. Pete and St. Pete Beach, because there's this little intercoastal that you have to go over to get out by the beach. And a lot of people, sadly, will make the mistake. They'll book something that just says it's in Clearwater, Florida. And 
they are going to be very unhappy when they realize they are not on the beach. Before I moved down here in the mid-90s, number one, I couldn't find Tampa on a map. And, you know, the internet was just a little baby back then. And also, I had no idea what an intercoastal was because a lot of the beachfront areas, you have to cross water, you know, bridges, highways, whatever, to get over to the water. Yeah, it's kind of like it's its own little island out there. Very, yeah, it is. <laughs> Between Clearwater Beach and St. Pete Beach, there are a few cities that you have to go through from north to south. The first is Sand Key, then Bel Air Beach and Bel Air Shores, and then Indian Rocks Beach and Indian Shores. I don't know who Reddington was, but they have a few. Reddington Shores, North Reddington Beach, and just plain old regular Reddington Beach. Then Madeira Beach and Treasure Island before you reach St. Pete Beach, which is home to the world-famous Don Cesar Hotel. You can tell when naming these beaches, I think some people just got lazy. Wait, this is a little north of the other one. Yeah, we'll call it North Reddington. (laughs) But what about regular Reddington? Oh, that's down the road. That's just regular. We're the north. I mean, come on. How creative do you need to be? Yeah. So you have a lot of options. And a lot of those smaller ones that you mentioned, you're going to find a lot of residential. But one of the biggest differences is the size of the beach that you find. It's usually a little skinnier. Like when you go to Clearwater Beach or St. Pete Beach, some of those little areas of beach are massive. And they're really, really big. But this really is one of the best stretches of beach in the world. And you can get up and you can walk for miles and miles if you want to. The sand is super soft. It's that beautiful white powder sand because this is all just a bunch of shells in the Gulf. And it is completely different than the Atlantic Coast beaches, which has more of that brown gritty sand. I like what you said, miles and miles, because you can walk on these beaches for miles and miles of smiles. <laughs> okay. I just made that up. Okay. This area is also very well known for deep sea fishing in the Gulf. And we've done that a few times, including an overnight trip on probably one of the strangest, dirtiest boats we've ever been know, on. That but was it was weird. Still fun. It was fun, though. <laughs> and on one of our day trips, you caught the most fish and you won a bet with former Tampa Bay Rays catcher Toby Hall, who's also a good friend of ours, because you caught more fish than he did. I did. That was funny. I was doing pretty good that day. I'm usually not that good of a fisher person. Well, that's because. <laughs> The cook on the boat was giving you some special instruction, yeah, gave you his true. special rod that had two hooks on it. Because well, at, at one point, you reeled up two fish at a time. Yeah, I did. That was pretty fun. That was a good time. Yes. If you do want to do any of the deep sea fishing, there is a marina in Clearwater, and then there is one that is further down, like in the Treasure Island, St. Pete Beach area. Yeah, John's Pass. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a couple of places right there. If that's going to be your main activity or something you want to try, just keep in mind the location there. But getting around though is super easy up and down between Clearwater and St. Pete because they have one of this, it's basically almost free low cost trolley options that you can buy a day pass for and you can hop on and just go up and down. And of course you got your rideshare companies, but there's definitely ways to get around. One of the things that um, actually my brother is coming down and he was asking, he goes, now, can we rent bikes and just go up and down the beach? And And yes, there is a Harley dealer. (laughs) Yeah, you could do that. That's not what he was talking about. (laughs) But they usually go to Southern California and we don't have those nice sidewalks all along the beaches over, over on our beach coast. So when it comes to activities as it relates to that, that is a little bit different. If there's one place in the area that we would personally move to, it would definitely be downtown St. Petersburg, which is on the Tampa Bay side. There are tons of restaurants and shopping. It's really all about art and museums and great food 
all within walking distance and also very close to the newly renovated St. Pete Pier. Now, you're not going to find these fantastic beaches in downtown St. Pete. Correct. So it is a little bit different, but if you want to pop in for the day or maybe do a split vacation to enjoy some of that city life, it is really great. I mean, I would still, if we had the budget, I would love to live in one of those high rises. They are pretty pricey. However, if we have clients traveling in the area, we always say, you know what, go down, go check out the museum and maybe hang out in downtown St. Pete and here's some fun places to eat because they don't allow chains in downtown St. Pete. All the restaurants are pretty much unique concepts. About three or four of them are owned by the same couple. If you want to see a little bit more, just go to Lugal. And I don't use Google anymore. I use Lugal. You just used because it. Because I saw it on Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> and when they time travel back, he invented Google, but his name was Lou. So I go, go to Lugal.com. I wonder if that's even a real thing. Anyway, I don't think so. go to Google Maps. You can check it out. Just over the picturesque Skyway Bridge is Bradenton and then Sarasota. And down by Sarasota is where you run into Siesta Key. So Siesta Key is just a little bit north of Sarasota, in between kind of that Bradenton-Sarasota stretch. But if you want to go a little further down, that's a really fun drive um, or a nice place to stay. For the most part, in all of these beach destinations you're going to find on the West Coast, there is a huge variety of accommodations, everything from Ma and Pa beach rentals that were built back in like the 1900s. I swear, some of them look really sketch. You know, the 1900s is only 20 years ago, (laughs) 20-something. And and then you have everything on up to very high-end resorts with spas and every amenity that you can imagine. So it definitely is a wide variety. If you're very daring and you want to do Airbnb, which we normally do not recommend, make sure you check out the reviews and you have to understand their cancellation policies because they tend to vary from property to property and are very different than hotels. Yeah, and I've seen some Airbnbs that are spectacular right along the beach area. And then I've seen some where it's like, wow, this looks like this is straight from the 1980s. And it's really not on the water. It's across the street. But it has water. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it has water. (laughs) I mean, we definitely have a few of our favorite spots right on the beach for if we're going to be doing like a staycation. And the first one is it's a family-owned resort that's been around since the 50s. And that is Alden Suites. And it's on St. Pete Beach. You cannot beat the location of where they're at. The beach front options that you have are beautiful. It's really large. Everything is like a kitchenette. Plus, they have water sports that are available right there. So you don't have to like walk down and find where you can, you know, do the tandem kiting thing, whatever it's called. You mean parasailing? Yes, parasailing. Yes, That's it. it. <laughs> or if you wanted to rent a uh, paddleboard or jet ski, everything is right at the resort. Plus, because they are beachfront, you are able to go and enjoy the beach. Then you can go back. They have kitchenettes, everything, so you can keep everything stocked up. But I love that location. And there are a ton of restaurants around there that we love to go to. So if, even if you don't want to cook, you can if you want. They even have outdoor grills if you want to like go to the grocery store and buy your own steaks and stuff like that. A couple of years ago, we did a really, really nice video production for them. And we'll put the link to that video in the show notes. In Clearwater, for more of a resort feel, we love Sand Pearl. It's a great option with an on-site spa and plenty of dining. Yeah, lots of dining right in that area. And again, another great beach. Now, if you're into like the historical sites, the Don Cesar on St. Pete Beach is your definite 
go-to. And it's also going to be higher end. It's kind of a classic option. It kind of stands alone. A lot of people will go there just to say that they've been to the Dawn. It's that pink hotel. (laughs) And this was back in the day. This is If there was someone doing a concert in St. Peter, Tampa, like the Rockers, they would stay at the Dawn. Yeah, tons of history there. And again, it's going to be kind of an older Florida. So the rooms are going to be a little, I mean, they're just size-wise and stuff. It's going to be a little unique for sure. For a similar feel in over in downtown St. Petersburg, you've got the Vinoy, and they have what's called the Vinoy Basin, which is the yacht club where they have charter boats and things. And it's even really more fun if you know someone that owns a boat and keeps it at the Vinoy. As you move down the coast of Florida, you'll also start seeing prices increase. So keep that in mind. Prices in St. Pete and Clearwater in general are going to be lower than those in Naples and Fort Myers. Oh, yeah, for sure. But if you do want to go to that JW Marriott or the Ritz that's going to be on the beach, then you are going to be going a lot further south and the flights are going to be a little more expensive to get in those areas. The beaches get a little bit warmer. The water gets a little bit clearer. I would say, though, in general, anything on the west coast of Florida is going to have beautiful, clear water. And because it's not super deep, I will say Pensacola's was a little deeper, but for the most part, the water's a little more shallow. And so it heats up a little bit more when it's sunny out. And plus, my favorite feature of being on the west coast, we have the sunsets over here. You don't get sunsets on the east coast only on the West Coast. As we wrap up another show this week, we want to tell you about next week's show. We moved to what we call the other coast of Florida, the East Coast or the Atlantic Coast. From St. Augustine to the Florida Keys, there is a lot to do. And yes, the water and beaches, including the sand, are going to be totally different over there. So that means your activities are going to be a little different as well. We'll also talk about the only all-inclusive resort in the United States, the perfect destination for active families or even couples that want a relaxing getaway without having to worry about the bill when you check out. We'll leave you with this. The world is a book and those who do not travel read only a page. And there is a destination for you to travel this year. So let's help you get back to the vacation. 